sometimes I like to take you all on set, on location, because this is a film podcast and a music podcast. Now, yes, it's been in... Some people do kind of smirk and say, film podcast, because I talk about all manners of things. But I will keep the title Dr. Zeus Film Podcast because I love how it rolls off the tongue. When I first started doing podcasting, it was Dr. Zeus Podcast. So it was too fast. There's no middle. So when I rebranded the show, yeah, some people said, well, you could have called it Dr. Zeus Media Podcast, but that's that's like I'm teaching a class and I'm not a professor yet. When, when or if... I ever decide to go through that path you know there's a there's a professor that I follow on Instagram very interesting but I love how he just always says well because I'm an English teacher that's kind of a little dopey that's just my opinion but it's you know I'm not ragging on you but it's kind of a cringe worthy thing oh my goodness so last night we talked about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame I I'm still going to talk about films. You know, the Hall of Fame films. Is there a motion picture Hall of Fame? There is. There is. I often find myself just falling into classic films. And I was thinking of my grandmother yesterday. Yesterday was the anniversary of her death. It was a very... You know, when something like that happens... You're waiting for it. Because she was suffering and we... You know, I don't think people get it sometimes. It was not a shock. It was it was a shock to the emotional system. And first and foremost, before we go any further, I want to say that this is a safe space. This is an inclusive space. And I say that based on the climate that we're in. We're in this climate where everyone is fighting. People want theirs. You know, there's that crazy shit that, oh, how come gay people get to have a parade? Well, we do. Why can't straight people have a parade? Because you don't need one. (laughs) You just don't. That's like people who who have said to me they want to say the N-word. Why? You don't need to say it. You just don't. It's not appropriate. It's an ugly word. Don't say it. And I was thinking of films. You know, you've got films like Crash. (laughs) Which deals with all forms of bigotry. And it shows all of the different avenues. And this is Black History Month. It shouldn't be a month. It should be a whole year. I'm going to keep saying that until we change. And Malcolm X was on. And that's such a long biopic. It's a good biopic. But sometimes you have to really be... I don't have my energy today to watch it. Denzel Washington is Malcolm X is a transformative performance. Yes, and the Academy likes that. When you are being transformative, hey, and you're playing someone who was very controversial, very beloved, I think that's the thing about life is you really haven't lived until you have enemies and you have fans. You look at someone like Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers had her share of people who hated her and her pe- the people that loved her. And that really is, you, you can't, you have to have both. You have, it's the light and the dark. 
And so when we talk about films, that's why, you know, I was back to my grandmother. They weren't really classics because she lived that era. She lived that atmosphere. I, I envied her because she told me, you know, back then you would go to see like five movies in one day because that's what you did. You didn't go to the park. You didn't go here. You didn't go. I mean, very rarely. She grew up in Oakland, California. And it was a very diverse atmosphere. And she loved that. She loved, She told us they would go to the junkyard and get skates. And then they would light bags of shit on fire. Who, who, what, who wouldn't like to hear a story like that before cartoons? And I remember her... She would play as classic films, but I really couldn't get into them. And it wasn't until I was about 18, even even Casablanca, I remember I had this asshole English professor, or he wasn't a professor, he was a teacher, sorry, in high school. What a dick. And he played as Casablanca, and he talked over it. And for years, I couldn't watch Casablanca. Classic films... I've always said this. I would get on my knees and just bow for the the American Film Institute. The American Film Institute and those lists. And yes, those lists are problematic. Very problematic. There are not a lot of black films. Not a lot of Hispanic films. On those lists. And through those lists, you know, you learn about people like Sidney Poitier. Sophia Loren. Catherine Hepburn. And then Gene Harlow. I learned about all of these really great comedians of the 1930s. Gene Harlow, Marie Dressler, William Powell, Carol Lombard, Carrie, you know, Cary Grant. Cary Grant, who was number two. And of course, Bogart was number one. And I loved that. And I think that's where I, I started to understand the world because you know when you're a teenager you don't want to get into old shit that's like when I try to get people into music oh that's in the 60s that's before me I think we we all have that mentality and then you have to force yourself and immerse yourself in that experience and the way I force myself I remember I was in high school yeah now I sound like Sophia Petrillo picture it Sicily 1998 yeah, I wasn't in Sicily, though. I would love to go there. And uh, I was working, you know, in high school, you were either a TA or you, you know, you got a credit work, you know, assisting. And I would assist in the library. And it was a very fun experience. And I remember a girl came in one day. She was probably in my brother's class. And she wanted a book on Billie Holiday. I thought, huh. I've, I had always heard of the name Billie Holiday, and I thought, okay. And I, and I immersed myself in her music. And whoa. And then the voice, you know, there were the, the recordings where she is just on fire. And then I immersed myself in her album, Lady in Satin. And Lady in Satin was made, she had a year to live. So she was in the throes of drug addiction. And everything that you could ever hear 
and her life is in those recordings. And so last year, they came out with the film, The People, The United States versus, or is it The People versus Billie Holiday? Audrey Day played Billie Holiday. This year is the 50th anniversary of Lady Sings the Blues. Diana Ross and Barry Gordy and Motown, even Richard Pryor is in it. Billy D. Williams put together this performance of Diana Ross playing Billie Holiday. Okay, she doesn't sound like Billie Holiday. So, here we are, decades later, Audrey Day plays Billie Holiday. And it, was, and it revolved around the song Strange Fruit. And they were going to take her to jail because she was singing this song about lynching. And the government didn't want her to sing that song to people. But she felt it was her duty as an artist and as a black woman and as a citizen of the United States to tell about these very disturbing, disgusting images. And she was able to translate that through that song. But there would always be these police officers waiting to arrest her. And then they got her on her drugs and everything. And I want to say... Audra Day's performance... She should have won the Oscar for that. She didn't. There's a lot of issues with the film. It's not an easy film to watch. Those are the films, though, that I always say, watch... And later on today, I'm going to do another episode because today is, well, I'm going to, I want to celebrate William S. Burroughs. Talk about someone who didn't make it easy. <laughs> William S. Burroughs, he was in films. You know, he was in Drugstore Cowboy. There were two documentaries made of him. He was in the Beat Poet documentary, The Source, with him and Allen Ginsberg and, um, Gregory Corso, Ken Kesey. If you don't know who those are, Ken Kesey, of course, wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And then Lawrence Ferlinghetti. The, these, these gentlemen, these early punk rockers of the beat movement. And that's what I wanted to talk about. When I talk about films and when I talk about documentaries and music, it's all tied together. Yes, it's usually what I want to talk about. And this is my show. I'm out walking right now. And in terms of talking about it, you can talk about what you want. That is part of a podcast. And, and yesterday, I kind of got looks when they said, oh, film podcast. And, and I understand that. People are all about branding and, you know, is this authentic? My passion and my love and diving for historical things is authentic. You're not going to have me on here talking about how great Britney Spears is. You're just not. Because in my, in my opinion, she's not very great. She's in the news, yes. And that's an unfortunate thing. Moving on. <laughs> and so with film, what I, what I learned about classic films, geez, I've been immersing myself in classic films since 1999. Talk about Prince, huh? 
And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to educate yourself. Education is interesting. It's important. And as someone who used to teach, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a lot of red tape behind things. I will say, you know, I'm all about authenticity. I'm not about lying to people. And I think I've told this story before where I was teaching preschool and they liked that I would have these conversations with the children because that's what you're supposed to do. But then they would criticize me when a little girl, I'll never forget, we were talking and she says, what happened to the dinosaurs? And I said to her, they evolved into birds. And the other teacher, who was probably a year older than me, um, had her issues about me, said, oh, teacher, you can't say that because the church, oh, great, because they may not believe in it. And I remember telling my father that, and my father's a scientist, and he says, I don't care what she believes. You told that little girl the right thing. Because if evolution happened, whether you're a Jesus freak or not, you know, and here's the thing. If you believe in Jesus, great. <laughs> what do you think my real name is? <laughs> and when I tell people that, they get all, you know, hyphy with me. Oh, are you blasphemous. No, not really. I'm not a practicing Catholic. I have my issues with all that dogma and bullshit. And for me, spiritually, it's all about film and music. Because you can go into a a movie house and you can be moved and watch these films. And you can recite the dialogue. Because, you know, a lot of people go around reciting Bible verses, and that's fine. I don't like it, but that's just me. Um, but with film, it's a, it's, a whole, it's a whole other ball game. And there's a spirituality to it. Same with music. When I'm reliving these experiences of concerts that I've been to, and I know people are rolling their eyes, oh my God, move on. He keeps posting about this. I'm going to keep doing it. Because I believe in it. I believe in the connection. The energy, the power. That's what film is about. The energy, the connection, the power. And, you know, when I talk about shows like Succession, and and I know some of you are, that's not a movie. But there is a cinematic aspect to those shows on HBO, like True Blood, Game of Thrones, Succession, uh, Bill, uh, was it Billions? I think that's the show. There's a cinematic aspect. Television has become more cinematic than film. There, there are some great films out there, but it's like great hip-hop. I remember I knew someone in college who says, really great hip-hop, you have to dig for it. The shit that they play on the radio? No. I mean, yeah, it's catchy. It's cute, but it's not, there's no substance to it. And I know some people, how dare you, there's no substance. Well, it's a flash in the pan. You know, you put out one good album and then that's it, you peter out. 
No pun intended. And the same with good films. You really have to dig for really good films. And then the filmmakers connected to it. You know, Robert Eggers, I had never heard of him before. I had heard of The Witch. Very, you, a film that to me is very intimidating because of the subject matter and how it's handled. It's, it's a very striking film. And so when I saw The Lighthouse, I immersed myself in that. And I went to see The Lighthouse by myself. A lot of people wouldn't go see it with me because it wasn't safe. It wasn't a Hallmark production. And I say, fuck that. Double fuck it. We live in a world where everyone wants to be safe. And last night I was on a podcast, Creatures of the Night, Adam, Chris, and Jason. And I said something that I, I started to realize, whoa, if I was watching Succession and they make no mention of coronavirus. No mention of it. And probably because it was filmed, you know, right after the outbreak. That's another film. <laughs> God, Outbreak and the Monkey. Ooh. You see, that's what films used to do. Films used to have you on the edge of your seat, scared shitless, Outbreak. Species, remember that? Species 2, oh lord. Huh, that's where it kind of got rinky dink. Yeah. And now films, it's kind of like, oh, what clip can we put on TikTok? <laughs> And I'm not talking down to the TikTok audience. Here's the, I have a TikTok. And I've said this before. You, people, this goes for musicians, for artists, for filmmakers. Don't talk down to your audience. Just don't. That is the worst thing as a performer, as a writer, as a producer, and even as a fitness person. Talking down to your audience, Adele... Remember when she said, I don't make music for the TikTok. Yes, you do, because they all sing it on TikTok. So don't give me that shit. I'm fucking riled up. But see, that makes for a good podcast. Is talking about these things that people don't want to talk about. You look like something like Six Feet Under. That show was talking about death. Right in everyone's faces. People weren't talking about death at that point. People were not talking about funerals. Um, you know, I still have an issue going to an open casket. I, I remember years ago, I went to one. It was a great uncle of mine that I didn't really know. And I thought, okay. But when it was someone that I knew, I wouldn't go. And that, and that is my, that is my choice because I don't want to remember them like that. I want to remember them in life. I don't want to remember them lying in a box with their eyes closed. Waiting for them to open them. So, yeah. There, there's an authenticity to everything. We, you know, we live in a world, even in the 90s, everything was getting blurred. I love what Patti Smith said once. She was talking about songwriting she said, she's talking about Forrest Gump. And she says, isn't that weird how they put Kennedy in a new movie? 
And she's like, what, what's real anymore? She says, it's harder and harder to tell what's real because the lines of everything are getting so blurred. And that was true. And, you know, here we're, we're all on the metaverse. And there's, there's always a good point and a bad point to things. The internet is great for film. What are we doing? We're streaming movies to the chagrin of Steven Spielberg. A lot of the filmmakers were like, oh, I don't make films for streaming. I don't make films for the small, your phone. But you have to evolve. There is a, there is a point to that. As an artist, we have to evolve. It's, it's just part of life. If you cannot evolve, the art itself will die. It won't, it won't continue to evolve. It will just die. It will freeze out. So, when, you know, even podcasting. Podcasting, it's not radio, but in a way it is. If you want to do a radio program, you have to go into a studio or you have to go into a home studio. You have to set up your equipment. You have to have an engineer. You have to be broadcasting on a network, FM or AM. And that's how you do it. Well, with a podcast, you can take your phone, you can take a recorder, and you can just go. Like, I'm outside right now. I'm outside. And I am walking. I am doing my cardio. Usually I don't do this. Usually I do this. I have another podcast that I'm probably going to delete because it's just me ranting. And I, I know people don't want to hear that. They want to hear me talk about substance and art and film and music and how, and how it makes us all feel. You know? And God, that word, you know. <sighs> It's, it's an interesting world that we live in. I know some people, are they feel that doomsday cloud. I don't feel that. I think it's kind of funny. I think it's kind of funny that, you know, and even Ozzy Osbourne tapped into that. Black Sabbath really started because Ozzy was like, people go to the movies to get scared. Well, we make fucking music to scare them. And he had a good point. He had a really good point. So, and I was watching this clip of a metal band on Phil Donahue. I won't mention their name. You'd probably guess who it is. And everyone's like raising their hand like, why does it always have to be so demonic? Because it's for show. It's not real. It's like the guys of Slayer. They sing about Satan and hell and death. You know, they're not really Satanists, but people think that. Artistically, it's the authenticity. And it's also whatever you want it to be. If in your mind you want Slayer all to really be fire-breathing, blood-drinking, baby-killing Satanists, okay. All right. They're not. But the music, the music is their art form. It's like film. I'm sure that some people, you know... A lot of musicians are turned off by the film. This is Spinal Tap. Even though it's a parody, they didn't realize that. It's taking the piss. 
that's a British term. <laughs> and so artistically, with film, film had to evolve. There is an evolution to everything. Whether it's a student film, whether it's an experimental film, a foreign film, a black and white film, or a film on Netflix. I know that some people see films on Netflix and think, oh, that takes the value out of, out of it. No, it doesn't. Because, like, some movies of that stature, they still have to premiere on the big screen. They still have to premiere. They can't just play. Like, if they want to get, you know, the recognition, the film still has to play once for a certain amount of time. On the big screen. Whether they are. Playing it to the academy. They're playing it to the Screen Actors Guild. Or the Spirit Awards. The Spirit Awards are this really great institution. For independent films. I I think. Now. Independent films used to just be seen as, oh, that's your, your your awards vehicle. But independent films have been around a long time. I've talked about John Cassavetes. I've talked about, um, what was his name? Roger Corman. And these filmmakers who, uh, you know, they finance those films themselves. And that says something. That that really is truly the art form. When you can do it yourself. Same with music. Same with the punk movement. You look at the punk movement. The do-it-yourself. D-K-N-Y. You know. Um, kind of movement. It's all, That's always been around in art. You look at the early days. You look at someone like an artist like Johan... Johannes Vermeer, he had patrons, but he would do it himself. You know, he's he's in there. He's probably has a model that he's painting, and how they would transfigure the the painting into this box. It kind of looked like a camera, and and it's a this is before punk rock that you could just get a camera, shoot it. You either have a narrative or... Because there's always a narrative. Even if there's no dialogue, there's always a narrative. Whether it's told through the facial expressions, Holly Hunter and Piano, or by the cinematography, Dr. Zhivago, where, you know, Dr. Zhivago is an example of... um, Because of the... Okay, so first of all, he's a poet. And so David Lean, who's a really great filmmaker, said to Omar Sharif, who played Yuri Zhivago, well, we can't have this man reciting poetry. What we can do is, is to show things through his eyes. You know, the flowers, the, the look of a, the, a beautiful woman that he loves, or the desolate wasteland that he sees within war. And so that that is a testament to the cinematography of the film. 
that's why I think some of you who, you know, when there's an awards category and it's cinematography, you go to the fridge. And you don't, I, I mean, I'd like all of you just to sit and watch. And see, really, that's what cinematography does. It makes you, it, that is your narrative. Before the dialogue, before the words come into play, the cinematography is your main focal point. That is your narrative. And then the music comes into play, whether it's a Tarantino film or a Paul Thomas Anderson film. And so I can't stress that enough when I do a podcast like this to talk about film and music because it is connected, will always be connected. You know, very rarely are there films where there is no score. No Country for Old Men. Yeah, that's one of them. And then in the 1930s, the 1930s, you know, you can hear the hissing in certain old films. That used to put me to sleep. It was always very kind of therapeutic was the hissy. And so that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast for tonight. I'm going to gather my thoughts. I'm going to talk about the uh, William S. Burroughs later, who himself knew all about the narrative. He wrote Naked Lunch that was later turned into a movie. <laughs> the fact that he was alive to see that happen. And then all of these artists that he inspired, none other than Al Jorgensen of Ministry, and taking music and cutting it up and splicing it. William S. Burroughs did that with words. It was called the cut-ups, where he would take words and splice them together. And so Al Jorgensen and Ministry... They, they had done, you know, these kind of techno albums. And then he wanted to re, redo the whole band. And so they put out um, The Land of Rape and Honey. And he basically took on William S. Burroughs' cut-up method. He took sounds and signatures, vocals, and cut them all up and spliced them together. And so that's where it's all connected art and music and, and literature and film so that's what I talk about Dr. Zeus film podcast whatever you want to brand me as I don't care if you don't really think this is truly an authentic film podcast okay fine I don't care but for me I know what this podcast is this podcast is an immersive experience because I'm telling you to go listen to these things Watch them at your own leisure and your own opinions. Unpleasant dreams.